Good afternoon and welcome to Forest Fires. My name is John Clark. Every lie that I have ever told, I've justified or I've qualified. It was a big lie or a little lie, a white lie or a black lie. The truth is, every lie that I've ever told has simply been a lie. I didn't stretch the truth or manipulate the truth. I lied. It wasn't a half-truth or an omission. And it wasn't an alternative fact. It was a lie. Part of the process of every lie is the justification. The part where we remind ourselves that other people have lied to us, that everyone is a little bit dishonest at time to time, and that this lie, this particular individual lie, it isn't that big of a deal. The reality is that if you or I are lying, it is a big deal. Otherwise, we wouldn't be lying in the first place. Now, not every lie hides a deep, dark secret. But every lie that we tell, it's a weapon of hurt. When we lie to a stranger or to someone that we only have a passing relationship with, we can rationalize it for a moment because we don't truly care about that other person. Or we claim that their opinion of us, well, it doesn't really matter to us. The reality is that if their opinion of us didn't matter, we wouldn't be deceiving them. We wouldn't be misleading them, and we wouldn't be lying to them. When we lie to someone that we love or that's important to our life, the lie becomes more than a lie. It becomes a wedge pushing you farther apart, and it becomes a spotlight shining upon every word or phrase that you have ever said. Regardless of your intentions, a single lie can disrupt a lifetime of trust, and it can do so in an instant. Not one person that I have ever known has ever lived their life without being dishonest at some point. The reasons and the rationalizations for our lies, well, they're as personal as the relationships that they impact. And because of that, it's impossible to provide a comprehensive list of the reasons that we do or that we might lie. Regardless of how emotionally in tune you may think yourself to be, and regardless of how much self-work that you've performed, every one of us are carrying baggage from our past. Some of the baggage we're aware of, and even other pieces, for whatever reason, we aren't ready to let go of. But some of that baggage we're not even aware has been packed we're not even aware it's been brought upon our journey. Perhaps we lie to avoid pain, to avoid getting into trouble, or to avoid a reaction that we predict will take place, or because we simply feel shameful for what we've done. The honest truth is that every act of dishonesty that we perform, it denies the other person the right to react and behave as they are entitled. It denies them the opportunity to process the information accurately, and it denies them the respect that they deserve. The frustrating part of my own acts of dishonesty is that when caught or when I'm presented with the flaws and my well-crafted deceptions, I don't simply admit that I'm wrong. I don't always admit the lie, 
And in fact, in some cases, I make it worse. I double down, making my ruse more elaborate. And then, in a manipulative coup de grace, I act offended that my integrity has ever been questioned. There are few things that I have experienced that are more hurtful than being made to question your own intuition and your own perception of reality. I've never claimed to be a man of great wisdom or a man that has all or even any of the right answers. But what I am is a man that has learned from experience that I am imperfect. If you've listened to some of my prior podcasts, I've alluded to the fact that nothing that I talk about on this podcast comes from the academic or theoretical realm. Every topic that I talk about, every message that I share, and every post that I make is about something that I'm dealing with personally, usually at that exact moment. In a way, this podcast and the various Forest Fires platforms are a cheap and readily available means of therapy. For those of you that are 12-step minded, it's perhaps a poor man's version of a fifth step, where I've admitted the heavy things to myself, to my higher power, and then I've admitted them to another person, which in this case would be all of you that are listening, or anyone that's willing to spend some time listening to this podcast. Of course, throughout this journey, I've been told that many of the messages that I've shared, they've resonated with other people. And for that, I'm grateful. An unavoidable fact that I must admit, and I must be 100% candid about, is that I do this podcast, and I do my writings, and I share my messages, and every single speech that I do is for me. If it's a benefit to you, so be it. And I'm glad that it is. Each of these are forms of therapeutic journaling for me. And each has become a tool that I can use to work on me. Over the past seven years, I've tried to become a better man. I've had good days and I've had bad days. I've had days where I've made steady progress and I've had others where it seems I'm falling desperately behind. I've dealt with situations that I can say I handled well. And I've dealt with others where I came up far shorter than I would have liked to have. I have had days where I was that good man that I want to be, and I've had others where I'm someone I don't even like sharing my skin with. Recently, I lied to someone that matters to me, someone that I care about immensely, and someone that deserved my honesty. I wish I had a good reason for my lie, but I don't. Knowing me and my process, I will dissect the situation and my actions for the finite points in an effort to determine why and how I could have been so reckless with another person's trust. In the moment, I knew what I was saying was wrong, and I knew in that exact moment that it would have repercussions. But for whatever reason, I pushed forward with my intentional deception. When I was drinking and using, I could numb my conscience. And I could numb the feelings of shame, guilt, and grief that I felt. But today I can't. Today I'm left with the question of why I lied about something that never needed to be lied about in the first place. Or why I simply didn't tell the truth in the first instance. After my lie, I justified it to myself 
because what I had lied about, well, that wasn't that big of a deal. I justified that I hadn't really done anything wrong and that I was simply avoiding a dispute or an argument. All of those justifications are utter and complete bullshit. While the action that I lied about, well, it wasn't that nefarious and it wasn't that bad. But that doesn't really matter. Why would this other person ever believe that what I had done wasn't that bad? Otherwise, why would I have lied about it? Why would I expect them to filter what is true and what is false? The long and the short of it is that I don't have a good answer for why I told that lie. Not yet, anyway. And perhaps I never will. But what I do know is that if I or you or anyone else feels the need to manipulate the truth, omit certain details, or just bold-faced lie as I did, you're doing so for your own protection, not anyone else's. In this instance, while I hadn't done anything that couldn't have been talked through or rationally explained, I chose to be dishonest. My only explanation at this point is that my actions, regardless of how innocent they may have appeared, they fell below the moral code that I had set for myself. And that in an effort to avoid the shame and the perceived judgment from those actions, I lied about it. And then, as I stated earlier, I defended my lie. And I doubled down on it. And I made it far worse than it ever needed to be. When I went through my 12 steps the first time with my sponsor, steps four and five were exceptionally difficult. It was shocking. It was humbling. And perhaps at times, it was even a bit devastating to see the hard evidence of my past behaviors and of the man that I had allowed myself to become. As hard as steps four and five were, step nine, well, that was stomach churning. It was sickening and it was downright painful, but it was also essential. In step nine, I went to those people that I had hurt and I humbly admitted my wrongs, and I sought to make them right to the best of my abilities. When I started my program of recovery, I had a misunderstanding of the ninth step amends process. Ignorantly, I believed that an amends, well, it was just an emotional apology, and that the objective of that amends was to have the other person ultimately forgive me. If you've actually worked the steps, though, you know how wrong that notion was and how wrong I was. An amends isn't supposed to be a plea for forgiveness, but rather a candid acknowledgement of your actions and your wrongs to a specific person. The intent is to finally give them the respect that you denied them with your lies, with your manipulations, or with your harmful conduct. Whether they forgive you or not, well, that's entirely up to them, and that's completely out of mine or your control. The truth is, you can't move forward with your life until you're at least willing to admit what has been holding you back. Honesty with others, and perhaps more importantly, honesty with yourself, it's the beginning of that moving forward process. Every night while laying in bed, I silently work through my 10th step. I ask if I have been self-serving or helpful to others, if I have been honest or dishonest, 
Have I been hurtful to another person? And do I owe anyone's an amends? Regardless of how long I've worked this program, I've never once ended a day feeling as though I've done everything right. Some days I make more progress than others, but on all days, I humbly realize that I continue to be imperfect and perhaps even flawed. Relative to my recent dishonest behaviors, I prayed in bed, performing that 10th step, and I realized I was as far away from who I wanted to be at that moment as I had ever been. My actions, regardless of what they were or what they may have been intended to do, they hurt someone that I cared about. It hurt someone that I had promised not to hurt. So my lie was injurious in ways that I never expected and never intended. My deception put into question every single word that I had ever said, every action, and every promise that I had ever made. And it did so in an instant. How do you come back from a lie? The truth is, sometimes you can't. As I mentioned earlier in regards to the ninth step, regardless of what you do or say, and regardless of how humble and remorseful that you may be, the determination of forgiveness of another person, it isn't up to you. And you don't get to say you deserve it from them. And you don't get to be upset if they don't give it to you. Forgiveness is grace. And while you can ask for that grace and you can hope for that grace and you can even pray for that grace, grace can only ever be given voluntarily. You can't manipulate your way into forgiveness because even if you win a temporary respite, you'll have compounded every hurt that you've ever caused. Once a lie has been uttered and deposited into the universe, it can never be revoked. It can never be taken back and it can never be erased. In the instance where I, a lie has been told and a harm caused, all that you as the wrongdoer can do all that I as the wrongdoer can do is to own what you've done, to admit fully and completely the exact nature of your wrong, and then to not repeat the behavior. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not my first lie, and it's not even my first lie in recovery. Far from it. As I've been reminded from time to time, my history is replete with dishonesty and with deception. However, over the past years, I have worked hard to become a better man, to become a man that my children and the few people that I love can respect and to be someone that I can respect. The fact is, my lie, my deception, and my dishonesty, it put all of those things in jeopardy. And for the first time in a long time, I had trouble looking at myself in the mirror. Many of you that have listened to my podcast for a while or have heard me lecture, you've heard me talk about the differences between shame and guilt. And I'm not going to completely go through it again here. But for the purposes of this podcast and for the purposes of this discussion, briefly, I'll simply say this. Guilt says you should be held responsible for the wrongs that you've committed. You ran a stop sign, you get a ticket. You stole something, you go to jail. Basically, guilt says that what you did 
it has consequences and that you have to deal with them. Shame, on the other hand, well, it says that I or you, we're what we've done. In other words, I lied, so now I'm a liar. Or I stole, so now and forevermore, I'm a thief. I did something bad, so I am something bad. Guilt is good, and it's healthy, because it reminds us of the pain that we've caused, the harms that we've inflicted, and the consequences that we've faced. But guilt isn't perpetual. Guilt gives you the opportunity to change your direction, to make different choices, and to not return to that which made you guilty in the first place. Shame, on the other hand, shame is a prison. It never allows you to get past the harms and the wrongs of your past, and it enslaves you in a cycle of repetitive and destructive behaviors. While we can never expect forgiveness from another person, we have to become capable of forgiving ourselves. An inability to forgive yourself, that's an acceptance of shame. And it's a no-contest plea to a life sentence of self-deprecation and toxicity. I will admit to each and every one of you, I have not yet forgiven myself for this dishonesty. And as today, as I write and ultimately record this podcast, I carry an enormous amount of personal shame. And it hangs on me like a wet blanket. The last several months of my life, have been some of the hardest times in my entire experience. Not just in my recovery, but in my entire life. And I'm not proud of how I've handled many of the obstacles that were put before me. I've been sullen and sad. I've been discontent and I've been irritable. I've been disengaged and isolating, and I've been emotionally unavailable to many of the people that love me. And perhaps even more importantly, to some of the people that really need me to be available for them. For the past weeks and months, I have quietly hidden an unbearable and overwhelming fear of what lies before me. And I've made some poor choices that may, in the end, cause more harm than I ever intended. I have held so desperately to some people and things that are important to me, that in that desperate attempt to hold on, I allowed myself to behave in a way that falls below what I expect of myself as a man. The person that I was dishonest with will likely never hear this podcast, and that's okay. It's not why I wrote it, and it's not why I'm recording it. I'm doing so because it's important for me to admit that I was wrong. It's important for me to admit that I made a poor choice and it's important for me to demonstrate to the people that matter to me that I regret it. The purpose is to humbly admit to my recovery peers and to some people that have placed me on a sobriety or morality pedestal that I don't deserve to be on that pedestal. I'm a flawed human being. I'm imperfect and I'm sewn together by countless bad choices, good intentions, and a list of failures that I haven't even come close to completing yet. I'm publishing this podcast not as some form of self-deprecation or a plea for your pity. I'm doing so because if I ever hope to be free of the unbearable weight of this shame, 
I must candidly and honestly talk about it. I'm well aware that many of you that are listening to this podcast are going to wonder, what did he do? And what I did, well, it probably isn't what you think. And honestly, it doesn't even matter. What I did was ultimately reckless. And what it did was harm someone that was important to me. What I did was make my own self-preservation more important than the respect that I had in another person and the respect that they were owed. I don't wish to live in shame because experience has shown me the caustic power that it has on anything and everything that it touches. And because of that, I'm beginning the process of forgiving myself and I'm making the changes that I need to make to be my own best man. My commitment to my recovery, to my recovery community, and to my personal growth, it hasn't changed. But this situation has reminded me that my recovery needs to be refocused because a relapse doesn't start with a drink. Thank you for tuning in to Forest Fires. Thank you for supporting me, and thank you for supporting the message that I'm always trying to convey. Thank you for being a recovery community that I never deserved, but one that I desperately needed and one that I am enormously proud of. Continue reaching out and continue lifting each other up and always keep working on yourself. As always, stay reachable, stay teachable, and stay humble. Thank you.